and welcome back to another episode of A Scoop of Vanilla. I'm here today with Adina and she runs her own company working with immigrants. So I wanted to talk to her today because our audiences tend to coincide with each other and she has a lot of information to share that's really valuable. So Adina, tell us about yourself. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. I'm really excited to have this conversation and be connecting and talking about um, the needs of people and these specific populations we work with. So a little bit about me. Um, so my name is Adina Applebaum. I am an immigration lawyer by training. I still actually work as an immigration lawyer in my day job. And I became a financial coach, now an accredited uh, financial counselor, really through my own experience with my husband, who's an immigrant. Um, he immigrated to the US in 2013 from Ecuador. And we really struggled a lot with money for several years. We couldn't figure out um, with his particular status at the time and periods when we thought he was losing his status, whether he could have a bank account or a credit card to invest. And um, there was no information out there. There was nothing in the personal finance books or podcasts um, about finances for immigrants. And it just made it very anxiety provoking for us. We basically yeah. spent you know, seven years, like obsessively trying to understand the intersection of the financial and immigration systems. Um, and as an immigration lawyer, that was very challenging. So um, we started blogging initially about what we we're learning in 2018. Yeah. It was pretty much the beginning of the Trump administration. And it was a very difficult time for the immigrant community. Obviously, people know listening. Um, and so this really became a passion project to share a way that, you know, regardless of your status, regardless of the immigration laws and the tax on immigrants, there's a lot you can do to empower yourself through finances to have more options and choices. So we started our platform immigrant finance um, through a blog in 2018, and then we have since expanded it over the past four years. We have a, a podcast, we have a coaching program, Facebook group. Um, lots of fun things like that. And our mission is really to help empower more immigrants and their families to be financially strong and make sure they are investing and building wealth. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. I'm so excited to hear you doing that. And I was so excited when I came across your work just because um, there are a lot of populations who aren't getting quality financial advice. And I think a lot of times me as a white woman, I, I take um, I take it for granted that I could just walk into any organization and they would be like, yeah, I know what your problems are and I can help you with them. Um, and a lot of times, um, both of our clientele, immigrants and sex workers, and oftentimes my clients are immigrants, um, they don't have that opportunity. They can't just walk into an institution and it's not so that they can't, there's, you know, like a sign on the door saying they can't, but they walk in and a lot of times they're kind of pushed away because, the professional will be like, look, I don't know how to work with immigrants. I don't want to do anything illegal. I don't know your issues. So like, I don't care about you go away. And the same thing happens with sex workers. They go in and people are like, I don't want to be associated with this. Um, and I think that's why we don't see a lot of information about it online is people are hesitant to have their brand associated with um, topics that are often very political. Um, and it's interesting that, um, you know, we're a country based on immigrants and yet we, we really want to keep them at arm's length and we really only want them to look a certain way and, um, act a certain way and then, you know, figure it out on your own and, and don't ask questions. Right. 
Yeah, no, and I appreciate so much um, what you're doing with sex workers and folks in the adult entertainment industry. We, like you said, it's it's a similar thing where these services and the financial information out there is not being it's not being given in an accessible way to these groups. And I mean, I have many conspiracy theories about why I think you've started alluded to them. Yeah, and you know, everything in this country is about money and power and. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate you raising how like this country is literally built on immigrants. We are literally all from immigrant families unless we are Native American, right? A hundred percent. Otherwise, we're all immigrants. And there's just, you know, as we know, so much politics involved and um, so much anti-immigrant hate in this country that comes out in the form of money as well. And um, I actually was just writing about this earlier today. Like, if we had immigrants and sex workers too have the same access to this information yeah. to how they could be wealth, how they build wealth, how they could be financially stable, we would have a very different country. Um, with immigrants, we would have very different people who have access to voting and therefore we have very different people in power and we would yeah. have very different immigration laws. The immigration laws would not look the way they are now. We have some of the harshest immigration laws in the world. Um, and so I think it all starts with who has money, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I've become more and more convinced over time that the way we can empower the immigrant community is through finances, not necessarily through legal advocacy or policy advocacy. Yeah, yeah. And we're all kind of working in our own circles too. Like it's pretty easy, especially in the last couple of years um, with the pandemic and with Trump, it was just like kind of all just to make it about me, but it was all just kind of like coming in. And I think as individuals, we're all like, I don't like, I can't solve all of this. So then do I do nothing? Does anything that I do matter? And so for me, I had to do a lot of like soul searching of like, okay, here are my skills. This is my experience. This is my education. How can I use that? How can I acknowledge my privilege? How can I, you know, not just make it a sharing about me and like good for me for, you know, doing whatever thing, but like really make a change. And a lot of my freedom has come from education. And um, just because the information is out there doesn't mean it's accurate, doesn't mean it's easy to find. And a lot of times, like um, both of our populations find that there are laws and that doesn't mean the laws are being followed by the government and there are there are legal avenues and it doesn't mean that that is going to be a a timely thing and it doesn't mean people are going to help you with it or that the rules will be followed and so I think like you know just to tell just to tell an immigrant or a sex worker like well you know just google it and find the answer it's not always that simple it's not everyone's not always playing by the rules you like you have to have advocates that are helping you Oh yeah, and wealthy people have that all the time. They have tons of advisors, they've got lawyers, accountants, right? Like all these people are helping them yeah. navigate the system and those loopholes. And it's not because um, you know, some some people have like special privileges or access necessarily in the system. Well, it is about access, but like those loopholes and rules anyone can follow, anyone can pursue. It's just like mm-hmm. knowing they exist. So I think the work we're both doing is really about democratizing access to that information so that, you know, not just the traditional groups of people who have held all the wealth in this country know about them because anybody can have like a Roth IRA, right? Or like 
which is a type of account to have major tax advantages and growing mm -hmm. your investments for retirement. Like anyone could do that. There's no rule saying you have to be a white man who has a trust fund. Sure. To have one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and understanding the rules and it can be really overwhelming. And so having someone who's willing to talk to you on, on a human level and, and make you feel that, um, you know, you aren't stupid for asking these questions. I work with so many clients yeah. who are similar to my age or, or older and who come to me and say they're, they're embarrassed. And they're like, I've been focusing on other things, other important things. Um, I haven't had time to work on this. I know I want to be better about my money in general. I don't even know where to start. And that's a place yep. where a lot of coaches and advisors will come in and be like, well, you're stupid and you've been doing this wrong. And let me show you how to do it because yeah. I'm so smart. And it's like, no, that's not empowering them. Like, like right. our role as professionals, as guides is to empower them and, and make them feel better about their situation and push them in the right direction and, and be a resource, Absolutely. but not someone who like steps in and is like, Hey, you're doing this all wrong. Let me show you the answers. Cause like, that's not helping people. That's not helping communities. <laughs> I totally agree. And I really appreciate how thoughtful you are about just from the few things you've said so far about the work you're doing and um, it, it's really, really nice to hear. And I'm glad that that people in your industry and in your field um, have someone like you that they can, they can guide them, right? Because it's so hard to find those mentors and coaches who are going to treat you like a human and who yeah. aren't going to judge you and just help support empowering you to, to lead it yourself in the process. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so I wanted to pivot just a little bit and ask you about, because one of my dreams um, for the future of my company is to have multiple versions of my website in different languages and have advisors that speak different languages, because I feel very much that like that the sex worker community is broad and I'm like, well, I can help you in English. Um, so tell me about the process of, of having a bilingual company. I think it's just bilingual, not trilingual, but bilingual company and being able to work with people from different yeah. communities. Well, it is so challenging, actually. It is so much more challenging than I thought. You have no yeah. idea. Um, we, I, I don't think I can say that we are quite a bilingual company, but we yeah. are definitely trying um, to provide access in Spanish since that's the largest um, language of the immigrant population in this country. Mm -hmm. um, of course, there are so many more other languages as well that we would love to provide services in at some point. So the process. Oof. Okay. So first of all, we have been um, slowly translating our course called Immigrant Finance School into Spanish. Mm -hmm. And that has turned out to be such a project. Um, my husband has been taking the lead on that. He's a native Spanish speaker. And it has been taking quite a long time for many reasons. The main one is that he also leads childcare for our young daughter. Oh, so that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hard to like watch a two-year-old and translate financial concepts, but you know, he's doing his best, but um, we've been very fortunate to be able to invest uh, most of the income in our company back into it. So we have used that to hire um, a couple of amazing virtual assistants part-time we've been helping. Awesome. And we have um, one virtual assistant who's incredible who is based in Honduras, another who's based in El Salvador. They're both bilingual. Um, and the, the one in Honduras, Monty, has been starting to create some of our social media content and posts in Spanish. 
and she's so talented. Um, she's got the bilingual skills and the graphic design skills. Awesome. So she's been kind of repurposing a lot of our English content into Spanish and starting to create um, our Instagram and Facebook pages for Finanzas de Inmigrantes, which is just immigrant finance in Spanish. And then um, our other wonderful virtual assistant, Maria, has been supporting my husband Mao with the translation recently. So she's been doing like a first draft um, module by module, and he's kind of like reviewing it, making some final changes. So we're we're hopeful that this year we'll be able to offer our course in Spanish. We do have it available for pre-sale um, with the rest of the modules coming out. And yeah, it's it's been challenging, but it's such important work to uh, make sure that this information is available in Spanish. I, I really haven't found much um, financial courses in Spanish out there and specifically that go through like the immigration law aspects of things. So we're really excited to to be able to provide this for the community and you know just gonna keep putting our heads down and doing the work until we can get there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad someone is doing it. I um, there's so many things that I'm like, ah, I wish I wish I could do it all, and then I'm like, I don't have any of those skills, none, none whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm glad that the people that are having the that have those skills are doing it. And obviously, there are a lot of things that you could be doing with your time that I'm sure would be like more fun and lighthearted. So I appreciate that you're you're spending your time doing that. And also just as an immigration lawyer, because, um, you know, we need that. And I think that um, there's so many people who get lost in different pockets of the system that the government doesn't really recognize or care about. Um, and we're just like, we'll yeah. go, go through the process. Like, as long as you follow the process, it's not hard. And I, I think people forget that the process <laughs> is hard. <laughs> You know, it's not just the yeah. A to B type step. A Scoop of Vanilla is brought to you by Stripper Financial Planning. Stripper Financial Planning is a fee-only, independent RIA that caters to the unique financial needs of adult entertainers. Our clientele tend to be self-employed and work online as content creators or in person as actresses, dancers, and escorts. Stripper Financial Planning offers advice-only, comprehensive financial planning, meaning that we'll periodically go through each aspect of your finances, including investments, but we only make recommendations rather than managing our clients' investments for them. We meet with clients on a monthly basis and charge a flat rate of $350 a month with no account minimums. To learn more about Stripper Financial Planning, you can visit our website at www.stripperfinancialplanning.com. Oh yeah, and yeah, you know, people say like, why don't they get in line? I had to wait in line to get status. And what most people don't know is the line doesn't exist for the vast majority of immigrants who are undocumented in this country. There is no feasible legal way for them to get status. Most people I know would very much be willing to do it and wait in line and pay the fees and all of that, but there it just doesn't exist. So yeah, that kind of goes back to I think like how wealth has been an opportunity has been so tightly closed in this country because the laws speak for themselves. The fact that no opportunity exists for people to get status who want to. So there's millions of people left in the situation where they have to work under the table. They have to, you know, do sex work, whether by choice or not. Um, if it's the only option, you know, it. there's people who are, 
you know, unable to have bank accounts and they have all their money cash under their bed, right? And they're vulnerable at any moment to being robbed or a fire or whatever, losing everything. And it just doesn't have to be that way. Like there's ways around all of these things for immigrants. It's just, you have to know how to um, get the right resources. And one thing I want to share with your audience in case it's helpful yeah. is that getting it, what's called an individual tax identification number is so critical. That's um, an alternative to a social security number for people who aren't eligible for social security numbers. It's something you can get through the IRS and you don't need to have immigration status to get it. And once you have that ITIN number, that's the acronym ITIN, all the doors open financially. There's really nothing you can't do once you have that ITIN number. So that's really like a gateway thing to do. And I think it's important for people to know that although of course it's always really scary giving your information to the government. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. (laughs) No, you're good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can. Um, Although it's always scary to give your information to the government, like there's nothing without risk, right? Um, there are privacy laws in place that keep people's information provided to the IRS uh, private that's not shared with other agencies like immigration um, enforcement. So that's very, very important to recognize. Um, you know, there can be an exception if someone like commits a very serious crime or something like that, like financial fraudulent crime or something. But if that's not the case, like it is a relatively safe thing to do to get an ITIN. And that's why we see millions and millions of undocumented immigrants who are paying taxes, even though they're not getting anything in return, they're not going to get those social security benefits. They're paying the taxes um, through their ITINs. And the government has a very strong incentive to make sure those people continue feeling comfortable paying those taxes. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, anything is possible. We saw terrible things happen under the Trump administration, but not even this came up then to get rid yeah. of those privacy laws. And there, there would have to be um, legislative change in order for that to change, which again, I think there's no incentive. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that because one of the things that comes up in a lot of these conversations, I think with both of our clients, is um, the idea of a lot of people are missing out on opportunities the system does have because they're very scared because they're living in this gray area, whether that's because they're actually, um, you know, doing illegal activities because of the the local laws or because they're doing technically legal activities, but ones that other people aren't comfortable with. They're very afraid to report their income. They're very afraid to get any sort of documentation and they want everything to be off the books. But because of that, it kind of keeps them in that place. And and our country for better or for worse is built on a lot of systems that build on each other, talk to each other and to get in, to get into schools and to get a credit report and to get all of these things and to get loans requires all of the systems to work together. And so if you don't have those fundamental building blocks to get in, then it's it's a very hard to, to leverage those opportunities like all the rich people are doing. Because um, I know a lot of my clients are very apprehensive about um, reporting their income on their tax returns. They don't want to. And it's funny because every every year around tax time, I see people sharing there's a, a snippet off the IRS website that is basically like for a legal activity, like make sure you report your income from your illegal activity, which is always hilarious. But 
it's similar to the I-10 is that um, the IRS has a general policy of not, they just want you to pay taxes on it. They don't necessarily really care where you got it. Like it's a completely different organization that cares about it, um, which doesn't make logical sense. But the yeah. government's like, you know, a lot of people do things illegally. Let's just make money off of it, which is hilarious. Um, but that's, that. yeah, that's generally what I tell clients. I'm like, look, you know, the, um, if you're concerned about gray area, um, you know, income that you have, like just report it as self-employed income. And they're a lot more happy to go after you for not paying your taxes than for doing mm -hmm. something that's a little questionable. Um, and I always um, work with clients who are accurately reporting their income and who are um, working legally, but I obviously interact with a lot of clients or with a, a lot of prospects who aren't at that place yet. And so that's yeah. usually the, the advice that I give them is to, you know, start going in that direction so you can start using these programs that the government has. Okay. That's yeah. really good to know. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to ask you the same, the same question. So I'm glad to yeah. know that. So the, the IRS basically just wants the money. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, which, like it's all financial incentives yeah exactly it's the, it's the same thing with you I mean there's 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 different government bodies and obviously laws can change at any time but um there are a lot of people doing questionable things at a lot of different levels of wealth so they really are just oh, like yes. look report your income <laughs> um yeah yeah so tell me what else um obviously there are a lot of sex workers who are also immigrants and a lot of my clients are immigrants right. tell me what else specifically that you would tell to someone in that place who I mean a lot of times people are are interacting with sex work because they don't have another option it's not like that that was their dream right. as a little girl to do it's it's that um you know that that is what is in front of them right now so t tell me other yeah. things that it makes sense for them to pursue yeah, um, I think the main thing I always want people to think about is mindset. That's what I've seen as the most powerful thing that can change your situation and um, put you in, you know, moving toward your goals. It really starts with like believing that you deserve to be financially stable, that you deserve to have financial options. Yeah. Um, actually doing it and the logistics is is a lot easier than making that first mindset choice that you deserve it right um once you make that choice it's like all up from there you can just find the support you need find the resources you need figure out what you need to figure out I mean I know easier said than done yeah but what I've seen is the hardest part is really just like believing that you deserve it so I think any kind of inner work around that um journaling work is so powerful um there's a really amazing book I always recommend called overcoming under earning that has okay. been very powerful um, for me and many of our students. And that's a great thing to kind of work on, you know, seeing more what is possible for you in terms of what you deserve and what kind of income you deserve, um, what streams of income. Second from that, I would say like start, you know, if you are in a position where that may not be your first choice for making income, start exploring some alternative ways to like pick up a side hustle, um, you know, you can start something as basic as like dog walking, Uber Eats, sorry, Uber Eats. Um, you know, you can do babysitting, you can start, um, you know, doing coaching, whatever interests you. There's a lot that you can start. Um, if you speak another language, 
teaching another language is, is a very great way to make um, extra money. There's a lot of platforms online where you can do it. You don't even have to go anywhere. Um, even just like selling some items, if you've got some furniture you don't use, you know, just starting to exercise that muscle of learning how to make money in different ways. And yeah. um, I would say this to anyone, regardless of your role. Um, I always recommend this to all my clients. I think it's important because you never want to be 100% reliant on one source of income, yeah, right? Um, and that's a big strategy wealthy people do. I'm, I'm sure you you saw a lot of this in your, your prior work with wealthy, advising wealthy folks. Like they have multiple streams of income so that if yeah. one dries up, they're fine because they've got others. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think a lot of times they're very related. I mean, I, I went through a period of time um, in when I was 18, 19, 20, where I was really struggling for money and on my own. And um, I had probably five or six different jobs that I was doing in addition to my full-time job because I was, you know, making like minimum wage. Um, and yeah. it was, it was really weird things. Like I would go to Goodwill and buy jeans and then resell them online. And, um, cool. you know, I would paint houses and there's a lot of different things and it starts to get your brain moving, especially now with where tech is of, um, yeah, you can kind of just like see a space in the market and then create a job that fills that and a lot of times I mean for my clients it doesn't necessarily mean always like leaving sex work like there's a lot of different avenues of there's so many different ways to provide value through different streams that it doesn't necessarily mean in person or online or in this certain you know live capacity yeah. like there's a lot of different forms of that which is good because um you know, for both of our clientele, the, the, the laws are always changing and we're always jumping through different yeah. hoops. And so staying on your feet and staying flexible is really important. <laughs> yeah. And especially for immigrants, um, the whole issue with not having status, not having a work permit is really about being limited from being an employee or an yeah. employer. But there's no, there's no laws saying that you can't have your own business or that you can't you know, make money on your own as like a contractor or consultant. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's even more important for the immigrant community, I think, to learn how to like have these extra sources of income, make a start a business on the side because it just gives you options if you are having an issue with the immigration laws and your ability to work. Mm -hmm. And it's also going to put you in a better position for wealth building because yeah. you learn that skill of making money on your own. Um, for many of our clients, I, I've seen it's like been a blessing in disguise for them that, yeah. I mean, of course, no one would choose to be undocumented, but you know, I'm thinking of one of my clients, Yasmin, um, who she was able to go from working, getting like paid under minimum wage at Subway under yeah. the table, you know, to now she has her own business and she's making a lot of money and she's employing her brother. So he has a yeah. better work conditions. Like she's able to have more time with her children. Um, she's able to max out her retirement accounts and like that she would have never gone through that experience to figure out how to have a business unless she mm -hmm. had to probably yeah so it can be very empowering to just kind of own like this is something I can do there's nothing illegal about this and it's yeah. actually gonna put me in a better position yeah absolutely well and I found too just for myself being um 
you know, my own boss and running my own company, there's, there is a lot of value that I didn't realize and being able to quiet all of those voices that tell me I don't look the right way. I'm not old enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not confident enough. All of those things to shut those down and, and just welcome the voices that are saying you're going to kill it and you're going to be awesome. And you're going to work with the people you want to work with and your, you know, ability to, to make change and, and earn wealth is only limited by, you know, how much, how much energy you're putting into it and, and being able to shut out those voices that are saying, you know, you don't belong here and you're not good enough and, and we don't want you around here. Um, there's a lot of value in that. And so if you can find opportunities to really protect yourself from that and find the community like yourself that's supporting and guiding and believing in them, that's that's really, really valuable. Oh yeah, it's all mindset. And yeah. I totally relate to everything you're saying. Like, you know, those, those things don't go away. Those voices yeah. don't go away. I tell my, my students who are starting businesses all the time, like I am insecure and having doubts constantly, like every yeah. single day. And there's so much inner work you have to do but if you're willing to do that like the sky's the limit you can yeah. you can create whatever you want yeah awesome well tell me um tell the audience where people can find you where do you normally hang out yeah thank you so much um so you can check out all our stuff on our website immigrantfinance.com and um our podcast is immigrant finance podcast i would love to have you on too by the way it would be wonderful I would love to, to have you yeah. Yeah, we'll have to set something up um, on Instagram. We're at immigrant.finance. And you can also check out, we have a free Facebook group, um, okay. which is called Building Generational Wealth for Immigrant Families. You can check out, it's just, I think it's just facebook.com slash group slash immigrant finance. Okay, awesome. And one more very important question before we wrap up. What is your sure. favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, <laughs> mint chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip. Oh, heck yeah. I had some peppermint um, over Christmas that was really, really good. Um, usually it's something chocolate related, but now I'm yeah. thinking about mint. So I might have to go get some of that, honestly. But okay, I would well, do most of the time, sorry, like what most of the time I want like really like dark, dark chocolate kind of ice cream, you know, uh -huh. when I'm craving it. But like in terms of, well, I'll always like, no matter the day, the chocolate chip. <laughs> I like it. That's a good answer. Well, it was so great to have you on. I really appreciate this conversation and I'm sure we'll have you back again. Um, but thank you so much and have a good one. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. It's great to connect with you. Appreciate okay. it. Bye. Bye. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making the final decision.